Drag and drop website building is super convenient, but if you're someone who's ready to take their business, blog, or podcast website to the next level, you need to hire Kaz Media Design. Kaz Media Design is a trusted website developer and Wix partner with over 20 years experience building sites that engage and deliver for both the users and the clients. They'll help you create a modern, user-friendly, and affordable website you'll brag about at dinner parties. Have a website already and want to punch it up? Call them. Don't have a site, don't know where to start? Call them. Think the owner of the company, Adam, is super cute? Call them. That's Kaz, C-A-Z as in zebra, media design. Like, okay, it would be criminal not to release this, right? If I would keep this to myself, that would be such a dick move. I think we're at 40,000 users now who use it. How crazy would F1 fans go if you took away their multi-viewers? Welcome back to Gravel Trap F1. I'm Christina. And I'm Caroline. There was no race this weekend, but we've got a wild guest for you. The brilliant mind behind the popular multi-viewer app joins us today. We're going to talk about all the magic it takes to get you every angle and all that data onto your screen. But first, we want to give a shout out to our amazing listeners and give you the results to our listener polls we put up online. This is going to be fun. Each episode, we include a poll question for our Spotify listeners, and those polls stay open for about a month. Here's some of the results from your feedback. In episode three, we interviewed the esteemed Pit Lane twins, where they talked about all the different kinds of experiences you can have at a Grand Prix, depending on where in the world you are. We asked you, quote, what kind of F1 experience is best? Do you prefer an adventure theme park or just the race cars, please, or a little bit of both? And 100% of you voted a little bit of both. We love a little party. We love a little race car. The mullet. People voted for the mullet. The mullet. No. <laughs> that's what I'm going to call it party, from now on. party in the front. No, wait, business in the front, party, party in the back. Party in the back, that's what we, yeah. That was, that was the summary of the vote. I love that so much. <laughs> oh, that's so good. But to be fair, I don't feel like either of us have experienced a race weekend that isn't a little bit of both. True, because we've only experienced the American ones. Mm -hmm. But I would be curious to experience some of the European ones because that's what the twins were saying. It was the European ones that don't have that adventure theme park vibe. In our first episode, we reflected on the opening race in Bahrain and asked you which of the three rookies on the grid you expected to finish higher in the points this year. Piastri, Sargent, or DeVries? For Piastri, there was 30%. Sergeant, 10%, and DeVries with a whopping 60%. Which is interesting to me. I feel like looking at things now, it's kind of hilarious. And I am also grateful that the stat was included in the description that this was closed after a month. Because I think if anybody voted on this today, I don't know that they would vote DeVries. Like, true. I don't know. But I'm also I'm also a Piastri fan. So I for me, I'm like, obviously, Oscar Piastri. Yeah. Even though the McLaren is not the best McLaren they've ever produced. It's a McLaren that they've produced. It is. And in their defense, <laughs> we've seen some points in the last couple of races. So maybe there's a bounce back. 
to give you the the, the standings, Piastri has five points, DeVries has zero points, and Sargent has mm-hmm. um, zero points. Yeah, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Mm-hmm. But again, the thing to remember, the thing that makes the midfield and the back of the field so interesting is they literally just need one good weekend, one stellar weekend, and it changes everything. That's so true. And honestly, reading some of these makes me think about, you know, how they did the resolution thing last year and they had all the drivers put the, yes, their little predictions. And then at the end of the year, they like read their predictions that they had for the year and charles's was so, so depressing bad. it was so sad it was so oh depressing so bad. good times oh good times good times oh. well, all right <clears throat> next in episode eight after baku we talked about the origins of that track's design and that the intention of this street circuit was to quote be like monaco but better end quote in terms of the racing so we asked you if you thought they had achieved that goal 66.7% of you said, oh, yeah, they totally achieved the goal. 33.3% of you said, not even close. And my question is, how many of these people voted were George Russell fans and how many were Max Verstappen fans? That's what <laughs> I want to know. Because <laughs> I think it might have impacted the vote. <laughs> Just juice a smidge. Oh, Princess George. He has side oh, pods George. now. He has side pods. Max can drive into them. And maybe Max can return the favor. Yes, he can return the favor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, interesting that so many of you guys thought it was like Monaco, but better in Baku. After our episode, Penalty Boxing, following the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, we discussed George Russell getting P3 over Alonso after Alonso was given a penalty only for that penalty to get reversed over three hours after the race, resulting in Alonso ultimately receiving P3 and the trophy getting hand-delivered by Mercedes the following day. We asked you if you thought podium ceremonies should be delayed if pending penalty decisions could alter the outcome. And because nobody listening to this show is absolutely crazy, everybody answered yes. (laughs) It's the obvious answer. It if is. It's gonna be if it's gonna be like podium changing. Why would you not like what? Here's my question: What else do you have planned after the race <laughs> that you need to like get everything cleaned up for to delay the podium ceremonies? I understand broadcasting reasons that they probably have things they need to broadcast after. Sure, but also. Make sure that the ending is the correct ending. Yeah. Although it does make for some pretty good content when George Russell is out here like hand delivering. It's this, true. This trophy over to Aston Martin. That's that very good. true. But also I feel like in some other sports, there's like the statute of limitations and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's only X amount of time where like you can protest a penalty. And it, it seems yes. wild to me that stewards can take as long as they want to make some of these decisions. It's like, I'm sorry, that happened X number of laps ago. If you did not catch it then, it gets a pass. Yeah. Like, moment over. You don't get to decide anymore. The people have decided for you. Exactly. If you missed it, whoop, too bad. Exactly. All right, Buck, hit us with with, uh, slide six. Now, we want to take a moment and give a shout out to you, our listeners from all around the world. Thank you all so much. Your feedback and support has been amazing. 
Now, naturally, we're very curious about who you are. Like, who likes listening to our show? One of our primary objectives was to appeal to newer North American Formula One fans, but we also wanted to entertain those longtime fans from all corners of the globe. So here's some stats that we're able to see here on the back end. Not surprisingly, 63% of you hail from North America. So Canada, US, Mexico. Our top cities, depending on whether you're looking at Apple or Spotify statistics, are Seattle, Washington, and a small town here in California called Windsor, just north of me, actually. So whoever you are up there in Windsor, uh, really appreciate it. Maybe we'll hold a Gravel Trap Social Club meetup down here in the Bay Area. Uh, we can have you all join us. Going international, the United Kingdom makes up 9% of our audience, Australia 6%, Norway 2 And there isn't much data I can see on the rest of the world, but it does give me a list of other countries where we do have listeners. And that list of countries includes Uruguay, 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 Poland, Nigeria, Trinidad and Tobago, and even the famed Isle of Man, where they have that wild motorcycle race. I just think it's really cool that we got people from all these interesting places uh, tuning in to listen to us each week. That's so cool. Thanks, guys. We love you. Much love. I want to give you all a hug through this microphone. So this week, listeners, we are talking with MultiViewer. If you're unaware of what the MultiViewer app does, it allows you to link up with F1 TV Pro and get multiple views. You can have your setup with multiple driver onboards. You can have your data screen and you can have the mainstream all at your fingertips. And we are here today with Mr. Multiviewer. Yes, the brains behind. Welcome to the podcast. Well, I feel very (laughs) welcome already. Excellent. So right off the bat, what brought forth the idea to have the app that would allow us to see everything we could possibly want when we're watching an F1 race. Right. Well, so I think uh, before I started MultiViewer, there were other apps out there that did similar things, right? So there was an app uh, called F1 Viewer. um, And before F1 introduced DRM, which basically prevented all these apps from using the videos with normal video players, um, this app used to allow you to play multiple videos at the same time. So it was kind of like a multi-viewer. Uh, and I always had the idea to build something on top of that to show the live timing data on top of those videos. I thought that was really cool. Uh, and I thought it could be a really unique feature, but I never really got around to that. And I thought it was working quite well. And then F1 decided to break all of it and introduce DRM. Uh, which basically is a protection on top of the video uh, that makes it difficult for people to copy it or share it on Discord, right? Um, That was a big thing that they were struggling with. And fair enough, right? Uh, That's a good way to prevent that. Um, It's not foolproof, but it is pretty good. It is a a better protection than nothing. But it also broke a bunch of these third-party apps, and they were really great because F1 TV's own applications across all platforms are, let's say, not the best. Um, and so when they introduced the DRM, I was like, well, that, that sucks because that was just how I enjoyed F1, right? And you all know, like, if you have a way to enjoy F1, you don't want to lose that. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
So my 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 first instinct was like, okay, let's look for someone who can fix this. Uh, and so I was looking online uh, because all of these apps were, most of these app, apps were open source, right? And developed by multiple people. And so uh, I thought, okay, the community must come together and fix this, right? So I waited it out for maybe like a, a month uh, after they introduced DRM. They didn't really move a lot. So like they were struggling with finding a solution to make it work on desktop. I think the Apple TV app uh, relatively quickly had something figured out because that platform supported DRM playback because Netflix also uses that there, right? Um, but for like a desktop application, there wasn't really anything out there. So yeah, uh, at that point I was like, okay, can I do this? Um, and I gave it a try. I, I was uh, looking up all of the technologies that I would need to use because DRM playback is meant to be very difficult for other people, right? Luckily though, I found all of the necessary technologies that I needed to get an app out of the, well, out of the ground basically. I think two, three weeks after I started developing uh, the initial application, I had multi-string playback working and I could get like, and this was just in the, the evenings, right? I wasn't working full time on this. At that point, I was like, okay, this is cool. Now I want to get the data in because that's, that's what was my idea from the very beginning. I wanted to add that so badly. And when I had that mostly working, uh, I announced this on the R Formula One TV subreddit. And, uh, <laughs> and people were just uh, crazy about it. They were like, this is amazing. I need this, right? They were not just happy that there was something new that finally worked again, uh, but it was not, not just a replacement for, but it was something more than that. It offered both video and data, which no app had done before, right? Not even Formula One's apps. And I guess we'll go into that later but that is something that i cannot understand like so when you went out and tried to uh or notifying people on reddit that you had made this were you ever contacted by other developers who were kind of in the process as well and being like oh you, you struck gold I, i've been beating my head against the wall with this and you would think so but no uh i was never contacted <laughs> by any other developer i will say um so what i've been told from uh, other people is that journalists, right, who are watching the races and need to like investigate what happened. And so there's a lot of journalists using it as well, just to look at incidents and be able to view it from different angles and all at the same time, all synced, right? And there's also a Formula One team that uses it. Mm -hmm. That's what I've heard as well. <laughs> yeah. So when these larger groups and teams use MultiViewer, are you being adequately compensated? for them using your program? Um, well, so it's a free program, right? So everyone can use it if they if they want to. So just like the teams, if they want to use it, um, it would just be like you or me trying to use the service so they can use it for free. There's people supporting it via donations, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, they don't have to. And I don't, I don't believe anyone of uh, of the team, the team that are. There's one team currently that I know is using it after the race, right? Hmm. Um, so it's not being used on the pit wall because that, there's just too much delay for that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Formula One is a live sport, right? So every second counts. Mm -hmm. And I think even with a live timing, which is very live, uh, there's still like a few seconds delay and that's too much for them. But there might be a point where they are like, hey, what if we would get sort of the same interface? And at the HQ, they will actually be watching all of the onboards for mm -hmm. all of the drivers. And they actually have interns, I think, transcribing all of the radios as well by hand. Because that's super important, right? Mm -hmm. They need to know Jeez. what's happening. They need to know who is boxing. There's screenshots I have of of the team setups in the garages, and you can see they use RaceWatch, which is, which is uh, the software that they are using. Most of the teams use it, um, and you can see the the radio transcriptions in there. And you can also really tell that that is not what they said, so it must be done manually. We're now working with volunteers in the community who are labeling radios from F1. Currently, it's very basic, right? We just want to know when they're saying something. Not what they're saying, but when they're saying it. To train our voice activity detection. Because we need to know when there's voice activity on the radio. Because there's a lot of engine noise as well, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and sometimes the engine noise is almost the the same volume as the the uh, engineer's or the driver's voice, and so we need we need an algorithm that is able to filter out the noise and then be able to tell us when uh, someone is speaking. Currently, I think we've labeled uh, maybe three or four sessions worth of data, so that's like twenty drivers across four sessions, which is pretty good. It's not amazing. But it's amazing that a community can come together and label all that data for us, right? It shows how uh, passionate some some of our community members are. Um, but that is going to help us tons with detecting when they're speaking because a, a lot of the funny radios people post on Twitter that we have transcribed, Hamilton saying his name over and over again, for yeah. instance, that is just... Uh, us feeding engine noise into the AI and the AI basically hallucinating and being like, oh, I think he said <laughs> Hamilton over and over again. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we've talked a little bit about how like developing this for working with F1 TV has happened. But now you've also rolled out IndyCar, WEC, yeah. and I, NASCAR. Are those the NASCAR. That's the fourth one. Yeah. Thank you. With F1 TV, you have this really neatly packaged platform it feels like to work with how yeah. different is it with the other series where it feels a little Very. bit more piecemeal of where you're gonna get your stream from yeah so i would say f1 tv as a platform is probably the best thing uh out there right now i've looked at a lot right more than the ones that i've implemented so far i've looked at a bunch of other platforms as well to see if i could implement them well or what the options would be um, like multi-viewer users are asking every day, like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? There's a lot of platforms that they would want to be added mm -hmm. to multi-viewer as well. Uh, if we're looking at other platforms, this this weekend we had WEC, um, which did uh, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And they're using a, a platform, Sportal. Uh, it's a French, uh, French software development company who does that for some other leagues as well. Um, and their platform is uh, less refined, uh, is the is the most uh, most proper way to describe it. Um, at the very start of the weekend, when they were doing the first practice sessions, qualifying, whatever, um, they basically DDoS themselves. With things like NASCAR and, and 
what do you say, Christina? IndyCar. IndyCar and WC. Do their everything's packaged in F1 TV that all the video feeds are coming through this one platform with, with right. those other ones. Are you having to pull like the the broadcast feed from one digital source and then the car feeds from some other source you've right. accessed and stuff like that? How are you parsing that out for the users there? Right. So that depends a little bit for platform. I think for NASCAR, they don't have a over-the-top streaming service, right? That's what... Uh, the industry calls platforms that run over the internet, over the public internet. Um, they just work with uh, cable TV. There's been rumors. Um, I don't know how, how true they are, but that they are going to be transitioning to their own platform soon. Soon being in the next 10 years, right? So how soon is that really? But for these companies, that's soon, right? Because they're like <laughs> dinosaurs that have existed forever. Um but I, I do think that um, like having their own platforms is going to be the future. I think mm -hmm. F1 did yeah. really well, right? Liberty Media basically did really well because let's be honest, that's not F1. That's Liberty uh, interfering with things. Um, I think the, the exclusive content that you get to watch on F1 TV is great. I think they're upping the quality of the shows as well. Um, I know not everyone watches those shows, but... Um, they are really getting better, which I think is uh, is a good sign of, of them taking the platform seriously and mm -hmm. wanting to improve it. Yeah. Plus you get F2 and F3, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. And and next year, F1 Academy. <gasps> Finally. Thank goodness. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming F1 Academy. That hasn't been confirmed. <laughs> I'm assuming. Right. Let's hope we get F1 Academy. I, I just don't understand. It seems like they have everything they need to stream. Mm -hmm. um like they have the camera set up they have the the commentator and as far as i can see harry harry benjamin is doing this live because he sometimes posts like images from him in the booth just before the race right so that must be that must be done live not after the fact yeah um so <laughs> if that's all being done there's also a portal for press as far as i know to watch it so it's being produced live as well. Hmm. Um, so everything seems set up. Uh, I think, and I've I've been very vocal about this on social media. I think it's a legal issue that they that they're yeah. in, and it might be with Sky uh, or other broadcasters that maybe uh, claim that they own the rights to to F1 Academy. It might have something to do with the support races, right? Because they're usually support acts, basically, for other larger events. Um, and so maybe there's broadcasting issues there. But the way that they handled that whole debacle of, like, not telling fans what they could expect and then still, like, updating them about, like, oh, this is the sport and this is the amount of races and these are the yeah. teams, right? And then give them nothing, right? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think yeah. uh, I think it's a shame for for the for the amazing drivers that are driving in that series. My general understanding of it as well is that it was rushed forward a little bit because they were anticipating W Series to still have one more year, so they were planning, I believe, to launch F1 Academy next year. Right. Yeah, and this yeah. is this is very speculative. Like I, 
I can't recall if I've had this fully confirmed or if this is just like in my mind. I'm definitely a little frustrated as well that, you know, we can't get the broadcasting, but I know that it's coming next year, which I'll give them that little bit of grace because it does seem like this was a bit more of a rushed project. But also right. this is a car. This is a single seater that's essentially at F4 level ish. Right. And, you know, the broadcasting that those series get is is also fairly goose egg ish. So I right. think that's also why I'm not particularly upset about it is that, you know, if they were getting so much more publicity compared to other F4 series, I think that's also unfair because they're at the start of their karting careers and they don't necessarily need all that pressure on them when other people at that similar level don't get that pressure. That's no, true. that's right. Can I switch gears here real quick? I, I, I've been thinking about something. Um, a lot of people play the F1 game. Right. Is there F1 any... Right. Yeah, which I well, think comes out today. Now, but yeah. yeah, well, 23 comes out today or tomorrow. And... I, I've had somebody build a telemetry app for me so that I could display certain that you know, the data yeah, that has kind of driven your yeah. your purpose for creating this. Is have you looked into tapping into the game's telemetry data and seeing if there's some kind of overlay you can provide your users for the who play the game that might be able to extract more data out of that and so while they're playing and stuff. Right. So. Uh, I will say I've looked into it, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I, I, I will also admit I have said that about uh, WEC. Um, so it's it's no guarantees. Right? It might just be there tomorrow and <laughs> people can just use it. I have looked into um, iRacing, which is obviously a little bit more professional, I guess. I think uh, the the racing drivers, uh, like Max, I know uses iRacing or prefers iRacing to anything else because he's been uh, he's been on it, uh, telling this other company to to not get any exclusive rights anymore because he hates that platform. I think it's R Factor, right? R Factor, yeah, that yeah, was. He, <laughs> oh, he doesn't Max. enjoy racing on R Factor. Um, nice. That was pretty clear to me. <laughs> But uh, no, iRacing, uh, so I've looked into the way that you could get the telemetry from iRacing. Um, that was not necessarily related to multiviewer, just related to like overall, uh, like maybe making a dashboard uh, to see in real time how things progress, right? Platforms like iRacing, they don't offer a way to easily get like all of the driver viewpoints uh, at once. So there isn't really anything out there right now that allows you to do that. However, if that would change and in the future that would be possible, yeah, sure. I would be interested in that. Like my main goal is just to make content more fun with more data, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, that's, that's what I like doing. Um, but <laughs> if that's streaming, right, that's totally fine as well. Uh, and who knows, maybe at some point uh, these racing series will say, okay, no longer. Uh, because at the end of the day, I'm at their mercy, right? If they decide that uh, this is not what they want for their platform, which they could, right? That's their, their right to say, okay, this is not what we intended the platform for. And we don't want users to use this app that they find so amazing. Uh like Reddit has been doing this recently uh, oh, with yeah. uh, with them <laughs> killing off API access 
and and charging third-party developers for for access uh, exorbitant uh, amounts right so mm -hmm. basically impossible for them to, to 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 keep doing what they're doing right now yeah f1 could go the same route and if they do i don't know what i, mean, I would do they'd have a riot on their hand i'm pretty sure like yeah i'm pretty straight sure straight up so. riot yeah that would i'd i'd honestly kind of well I'm not going to say I'd love to see that, but I'm definitely kind of curious of like, yeah, how crazy would F1 fans go if you took away their multiviewers? Like... Yeah, we did a we did a questionnaire uh, last year. So that was when we were much smaller. Right. We've mm -hmm. like doubled this year already in the first, what, three months of the season. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty insane. I think we're that's at 40,000 users now who use it. Uh, not everyone uses it live. Some people use it for replays as well. But over a, over the course of a month, there will be like 40,000 active users, which is Jeez. insane. Right? I built Goodness this gracious. thing for myself. That's right? wonderful. At, <laughs> at first, I didn't yeah. even intend this to be available for anyone else. Right? I built it. I built it literally for myself. And when when I had the video uh, part done, I wasn't like okay i'm gonna release this to the world it was only when i added the data overlays where i was like okay it would be criminal not to release this right if i would keep this to myself that would be such a dick move uh, so. you're such a good person thank you, you so it. much <laughs> yeah as so many individuals within the f1 community um have been so helpful spreading the word um uh like selflessly just just like telling people about it right they didn't have to right uh but they did and they chose to promote it and uh like without that help i don't think any any of you would be using multiview right now because i'm horrible at marketing <sighs> um that's not what i enjoy doing either I like building things and like I'll post a couple of fun fun like memes on Twitter if that gets some uh, some interaction <laughs> with people that's fun. Uh, but I think I found out about it from ESPN tweeting something. Yeah, that, that's that's very possible. Yeah, although they didn't nice. credit me uh, <laughs> or the app in that, but many others were in the comments saying, why didn't you credit Multiviewer for this? Honestly, uh, F1 fans are so loyal. They will go to the yeah. map for you. I love yeah. that. It's amazing. It has been lovely talking with you. We've covered we've covered a lot of topics and it's been oh, we did. very eye-opening and it's been lovely to have you. Yeah, thank you so much, Mr. Multiviewer. It was so nice to have you here with us. Yes, thank you. It was really lovely. And, uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed talking to both of you. All of you, actually. Buck's here, too. <laughs> Thank you for developing an absolutely amazing product. If you do not have multi-viewer yet, you should go check it out because it is absolutely phenomenal. It will revolutionize how you watch your race weekend. Thank you. Happy campers, happy campers. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. You know I'm using the second one, right? <laughs> <gasps> I sound like Mickey Mouse. <laughs>